0: Welcome to the segment of Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, and I want to thank you all for being here. Today, we have a special guest, Gloria Marcotte, a.k.a. Glow. She is a powerful woman. I can't wait to dive into the conversation. She has a goal of training one million women in safety and power. We're going to dive into the reasons as to why and how you can get involved. Without further ado, let's dive in with Glow. Satisfying. I'm so excited to have you here. I love saying that glow. (laughs) I think you help women glow, especially probably after you're done training them. Right?
1: I mean, yes, (laughs) yes. That is part
0: of the goal. Yes. Yeah. So if I guess a good place to start, it is because some of the people will see some of the information and what I let in with, but Mm -hmm. if you can share what led you to here to be motivated, to sure. help women to be empowered, um, know how to de- defend themselves, uh, be offensive also. Uh, yeah. I would love to have you share with the listeners a little bit of your backstory.
1: I would love to share it and I'm so happy to be here and sharing it. So thank you for all of that. Um, so I have been training women in safety and self-defense for 20 years. I've been law enforcement, and oh, I've recently retired 18 years. The reason it started, I will just refer to as my safety defeats when I was younger, right? And so because of those safety defeats led me to going into self-defense, like it started for me, the largest event was being abducted when I was 12 and survived. And that's really when life kind of threw me sideways and let me know like, oh, everything's not so safe in the world, right? And so I became a protector of sorts, but then I moved into corporate America and, and had an event happen there that really threw me sideways from a safety related place. And I concentrated, I was so upset after that event that I literally just concentrated on everything on the outside physical skills of things, because in my mind at that time, I just wanted to make sure that I was going to be safe no matter what. Um, because when I was there at this particular event and had that defeat, I was an Olympic level softball player at the time, invited to one of the first 500 to try out of women for the first ever softball team. So like, I was fit, I was young, I was, you know, I thought I was a little badass, okay? And I thought I would solve all the world's problems and I thought my physicality alone would solve all the world's problems and that actually didn't happen. The reality was, is I hadn't trained myself and I had no resources to pull from. So when I needed it, I had no resolve and I went to shutdown. And it it shifted me significantly. And it literally started the path of training women on the outside, physical, mm. self-defense of things. And then 9-11 happened and my servant heart in that way decided it wanted to serve more. And that's when I shifted out of corporate America and went into law enforcement. And it was the best decision I ever made. And so during the day I did law enforcement and I, Perfected skills, you know, master firearms, officer survival, defensive tactics, vehicle close quarter battle, SWAT (laughs) school—like you name it. I did it so that not only I could be the safest, but then I could go and train other women and young girls to be the safest. And that's where it came from. And so it it amplified times eight thousand once I got into law enforcement. But the drive was always because what happened to me way back when, and to make sure that no one I ever knew loved. Cared about, could yell it from the rooftops, would ever feel that level of defeat that I felt, especially mm. on an outside physical nature. So that's where it all started, and then it just jet rocketed from there. And uh, you know, so that that's how beautiful.
0: And I love the the language of defeat. Uh, can you share a little bit uh, the purpose behind using that language, especially? in moving forward um, from those moments uh, for anyone that's listening that understands what that means?
1: Yeah. So for me, and the reason I use that is because I recognize that it is a defeat of the skills that I didn't have at the time, right? And, and I relate it to thinking I was a real badass because of my physicality and I had to get to the knowing and getting to the knowing was getting into the skill, was getting into the mechanics of making sure that i was going to be okay and so the defeat if you will was something i experienced because i just didn't have the skill at time i didn't know what i didn't know what i didn't know and we all can overcome defeats we all have our own defeats and that was just mine and so it was a defeat to me because i i wasn't prepared and my whole thing is about being safe and prepared because it's not and if it happens it is a, and in fact when it happens and that's how you have to train. And so that is why I use that language it it just it feels comfortable to me but it's also specific to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's motivating from my yeah. perspective. Oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> and if you can share a little bit about um that word safety. I think uh mm-hmm. being that you work with women predominantly myself that's an important word for myself and for both my children but especially my daughter um can you uh share about the value of wanting that and um you know making sure that you protect that space
1: oh yeah i not only will i share it i'll share you everything i did wrong that i realized once i was doing it so let me let me do that because there's been so many learning lessons you know, as we go through life, it's the long game and you're going to get lesson after lesson after lesson. And so, you know, I, I started this path on training women on the outside physical skill of things just like me. And and it it's great being strong on the outside and knowing how to protect yourself on the outside and being able to handle any physical thing that you encounter that comes your way and being able to drop it is so incredibly important. But let me tell you the piece that I missed. <laughs> the piece that I missed was the internal safety, the internal leadership that led to the internal safety. And what do I mean by that? Well, I, I was in a relationship, a very long uh, committed relationship that at the end of it, um, my divorce attorney actually shared with me like, for what you do for women on the planet and for being law enforcement for as long as you do, you are the biggest emotional domestic abuse survivor I've ever met. Wow. <sighs> I mean, okay, so that one gutted me, right? And she was right, and I had to listen because ultimately what I was doing was I was taking my defeat and turned it into the physicality of things and became a beast at it. One of the best on the planet for training women, without a doubt, I've got it down to a science. But what what I wasn't doing was training myself on the inside that allowed me to be, when I was nominated officer of the year, being in a relationship that kicked the internal, you know what out of me on the inside. And so when she said that, man, that was to the core. That was the soul punch. That was the soul punch that hit me, that made me change everything. Because if I was training women just on the outside, but sending them home to the same things I was walking through, that I didn't have the leadership, the, the voice, the command presence, the control, or the safety of, then I was only being half of service and I was doing it wrong. And I literally changed everything about the way that I was doing training women And I changed the name to Soul Punch because it literally kicked me to the core. (laughs) And so now when I train women, I train women on the inside. Mm -hmm. I have an online program where that empowerment on the inside of yourself is so important. And then I followed up with the outside training. And you want to talk about a woman that is a force to be reckoned with? It hits entirely different, right? And so you get to a point where you command yourself so well from a leadership level that you won't allow the poor treatment. And when you do reach places of that poor treatment on the inside, relationally with anybody around you, you address it, you correct it, you you defeat it. So the defeat mm. that happened in the past, you now defeat, you identify, and you build that command presence. Mm. And then on the outside, well, you'll give them all the warnings in the world, but like I'm not the one. And <laughs> you would call it a self-correcting mistake, like you're going to want to go and pick someone else
0: because it's yeah. squared away.
1: It does have to be from the inside out, because if you're forgetting that piece, just like me, there's still a defeat there. Yeah. Mm, yeah, beautiful. And
0: um, can you share a little bit where you see the biggest blind spots for women and well, any human really um, on the inside and on the outside?
1: The biggest blind spots. Um, well, a couple of things and not maybe necessarily a blind spot because there's recognition when i talk to the women that that i train with like they come in and you know literally the women that i work with are a level of broken that they just can't see the right out of just like i was like taking that one step after the next is such mm-hmm. a hurdle but what is lost really and the the blind spot but then the recognition and the want to change is getting back to the phd of themselves finding that voice finding the power that they lost because especially as women walking the planet, we already know that we walk it differently, period. Yeah. But as women walking the planet, we are give, right? We, we give here, we give there, we give there. And and we literally leave nothing left for ourselves. And it comes to a point where, you know, you, you reach a point where you're like, I just can't do it like this anymore. And that's when women find me and that's when I start training them from the inside. So is it necessarily a blind spot, not necessarily a blind spot, they recognize that something needs to shift. Mm. The relation though, to the emotions and the data going through the traumas and the blind spots, That that's the piece, because the correlation doesn't really exist until I teach them from an internal safety perspective, how the brain works with the body, it's a combination of neuroscience, force science, threat science, and the things that they're responding and the ways of they're responding that has them staying in that stuck. So I guess if there was a blind spot, the lack of recognition of that piece, but but it's not taught in schools, right? right. Um, respectfully, they will teach us the X equals MC squared, but they do not teach the trauma resolve for things that throw you sideways in your youth that you carry with you, that resides in your body, in your cells, in your muscles, that you've not only not to work through, but you got to work through up here and you got to be safe. And so that's kind of what I pulled together in the program is that inside out equation
0: beautiful and can you uh share a little bit about um uh, emotional abuse because i hear this i have a one-on-one practice and i hear this a lot like people will justify that it's not physical abuse however um i was one of those unusual children that you know in the era i grew up in there was a lot of like threats verbal threats you know Mm -hmm. to correct your children Um, But I would always say, could you please hit me? I'd rather you hit me. Don't yell at me. Um, Because I knew that was like, you know, it it, it would stick with you. So can you share a little bit about, about that?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, when it is emotional in nature and you take that in, I mean, not only are you taking it in as the heartbreak, which just obliterates you, but then it resides in your mind and you replay it and you ruminate on it and you replay it. And so it attacks your self-worth. It attacks you as a human being. It attacks that, you know, your mind and your body because of likely past traumas when you were younger that your mind and your body align with, that's what love is. And that's what it's supposed to be. When your soul is literally screaming that you know that that's not right, but the path to get there is not easy. And so when it is emotional in nature, yeah, it's not like a cut that just heals up, goes away and has a little bit of scar. It literally just flays you from the inside out. And it is an open wound. And the very next thing will amplify it and the very next offense will amplify it. And then you're, you're defeating your your mind and your body that thinks that this is normal. And that's where you're supposed to be. So as you're trying to crawl your way out of it, your mind and your body is like, no, 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 this is your safe place. This is where you're supposed to be. And your soul's like, no, it's not. And so you're competing. uh, And it's consistent. And so as you stay in the place of being in those types of environments that have the opportunity to emotionally abuse you. I mean, you you can't heal a wound that keeps being picked at that you can't get away from. And that is a large piece of it. And so, you know, building your voice and building your command presence and building everything inside of you that your soul is screaming and getting those tools, then it starts to shift the world around you. Then you start seeing a little bit more clearly because when you're stuck in the emotion, you forget that you can qualify any data. You forget data exists. When you're in your emotion you're in your heart space, <laughs> just think of any yeah. time you've gotten really upset or really sad or acted out of proportion with what's really going on. I mean, that's your heart controlling everything and it is just explode. And we forget that we can even pull from data to kind of like be like, oh, okay, I got to pull and I got to rein this back in. And so, yeah, that that emotional piece is the very first thing that I do in the training is in essence, teaching the women how to kind of tourniquet off the emotions. Um, and I relate it back to my law enforcement days. You know, when officers are shot, you have a tourniquet, you pull it tight and you stop the bleeding. Well, that's kind of what we're doing with our emotions when we don't know what to do with them and we get to such a state of overwhelm and trauma that we just can't function anymore. So I have to teach them how to kind of tourniquet that off and to get into the data of what's really happening. And then how to make it in alignment so that we're responding accordingly in uh, in accordance and then actually responding to the data in front of us instead
0: of that emotion. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're amazing. Oh, <laughs> you're so brilliant. Yeah. Um, well, in, from your perspective, um, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, we have, because this is a conversation online a lot, is that we have the boomers, we have the Gen Xers, and then we have the men, Millennials and the gen Zs, I think, and the you know we're having this beautiful like social study because you go from all these grandparents and parents and great grandparents mm-hmm. that were traumatized from war but not mm-hmm. allowed to process, and then you have uh the middle ground where the it switched to over emotionalizing things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So where yeah. is where do you feel is like kind of the the me, middle ground? Um, I think you answered some of it there, but just in day to day living, like where is that middle ground so that we can uh, be objective and effective in our world, but still remember that we have a, a heart and right, and we want yeah. to relate healthy to one another.
1: Absolutely, and it is, and I'm glad that you brought that up because it is one of the things. Like we may tourniquet the emotions off in the beginning to get to the data. But the emotions are not bad things. Emotions are just data. So they're not good or bad. We have good emotions. We have bad emotions. And it's the bad emotions that kind of tackle us during our days and and make us less functional, right? And so the balance is to identify where you're at with it. But when you're talking socially and like how we all survive, well, we're just not taught it. And so, you know, as I sit and look at it, I have a 10-year-old daughter. They're not taught this in school. I know it. And she knows it now because of what I do and what I train. And I'll be damned if she walks through anything I've ever walked through. If I have the ability to help her survive, you know, not even go in those things so that she has to survive it and and walk through the same path I did. And so that, you know, empowerment to her is giving her that education and giving her those tools, but they don't necessarily do that in school. And so you know, there. You have people that are not in school anymore, don't have the opportunity. You have people that are in school right now, don't have the opportunity because they're learning so many other things. So, the information on how that emotionality affects you from a trauma perspective, and living with that daily life as things keep coming at you, um, it's getting that information. It's getting that knowledge so that you can navigate it. Because even when you get to the point where you're like, "All right, inside out." I'm pretty squared away. I feel pretty good about life. Evil still going to present itself. And when I say evil, that's either emotional, physical, people lose their ever loving minds, it still exists, you're still going to encounter it. But you've got to have the tools of how you're going to navigate that you, you've, you know, so on so many levels, it's an outside, you know, empowerment and boundary that you're establishing with those tools, but but you just have to know that, it exists and that there's better functionality and that you don't have to sit in the emotional cycling. You don't have to sit in the trauma, the negative feelings, the poor self-worth. Like there are tools that you could use that would help you make it through your day so that you don't emotionally cycle so that you can actually get into the day. and you'd be like, oh, you almost got me there, you emotional devil, but yeah, not today. So um, you know, just getting the knowledge out there that there are things that exist when you sit in that space. And I guess that's the biggest thing. And so, you know, I started a movement last year, I think it was about June or July-ish, which is the 1 million women movement. And my vision is to train 1 million women that turn around and train 5 million other women and young girls, because at those numbers from a Earth perspective, a planet perspective, that's when we start changing things. And we start changing the dynamics of what we take on as women and young girls and how we need to protect ourselves from a safety level, from an empowerment level, from finding our voice, our command presence. And so, that kind of goes into what you were saying. It's just a matter of getting the information out there because there are other ways, there is peace, there are solutions, but not everybody knows it. Not everybody studies it. I just mm-hmm. happen to be one that does. And I was like, hey sis, there's another way. And you don't have yeah. to sit in that. And how about let's kick it in the teeth so that we can function better. So we command ourselves better so that it reverberates around us and makes everyone stronger around us. That's where I come from.
0: Oh. And can you share a little bit now? There's a lot more awareness on. Um, you mentioned you were abducted at twelve. There's a lot mm-hmm. more awareness on human trafficking. Mm-hmm. I think we're at a shock level. I mean, I I've, human trafficking and tra- sex trafficking has been a passion project for me for a long time. But mm-hmm. most people did not. They kind of thought it wasn't, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And now it's in our face. Um, yeah. Yeah, so people I think are shocked and they're scared, you know, uh-huh. you people, you know, are getting paranoid of everything. So can yes. you give everyone some context? So, you know, I even myself I I stay alert, but I was coming out of the clinic I teach at, a guy's coming at me with his phone <laughs> I'm like, you know, pause, like, what's going on? He just needed help. But you know, you you go yeah. into alert mode, um, which is For sure. okay. But can you give some context so people one don't like isolate themselves from all humans mm-hmm. and that where how they can spot truly spot danger Um
1: yeah you know. yeah um so the difference between you know the paranoia and prepared. And so, you know, I've had women say that to me before because, you know, when I'm out and I have my like my bag that's got my tools in it should anything and they're like, don't you just feel paranoid? And I'm like, no, sis, I feel prepared. And we're good on that because you need to feel prepared, especially because the things that we see happening in the world right now. And, you know, that is the, the good and bad of social media. Now we see everything right to include the human trafficking. So so what I will say is this, you know, we can't live in a state of paranoia where we just stay in our house and we don't go outside. We, we are, you know, as people on the planet, we're not meant to just isolate and be alone or actually meant yeah. to like bond and create good, beautiful things. And unfortunately, some people ruin that for us and put us in a state where we think we just can't go outside. So the better prepared you are, the better off you're going to be. And when you start taking control of that preparedness by different tactics, the better you're going to feel and the more empowered you're going to feel to even venture out. And, and those are things that actually can be talked about discussed online before you even get there. So that empowerment can start before you actually go out there. But, you know, I, I'll just relate it to like, when I'm walking with my daughter, like my daughter knows If she's not in line of sight with me and if she's not right next to me, she better be in line of sight with me. She never gets to lose sight with me. I don't care if we're in a parking lot, we're in a store whatever. I never leave her in the car alone. I take her with me. She also knows that when we're walking, if we're walking in a parking lot where the cars drive, she's on the opposite side and she knows that. And then as we start walking in the store, if there's something that makes her uncomfortable, an unidentified person could be man or woman. It just makes her uncomfortable. She'll walk on the other side of me. That's how we navigate things so that I can be her protector from any type of human trafficking element. And this is just how we are prepared. Do I think it's paranoid? No, because I actually know the realities of what's going on on the planet from 18 years in law enforcement, 20 years of training women specifically, and you know, social media on top of all of that. So the reality is it exists. You just have to be prepared for it. Does it have to be gloom and doom? Absolutely not. Mike, talk to any women that come and train with me. It is the most empowered, fun. We laugh, we cry, we hit things. Like we just go to work and it doesn't have to be gloom and doom, but it is real. And that is a difference of what I bring to my training is I'm not going to help make you feel better by faking the empowerment that you have and a technique that you're doing that's supposed to save your life. I'm actually going to make you work through it so that you understand how your body works and how you actually can win in that scenario if you apply what I'm teaching you. And so there is a tough love difference because, it you know, I, I may have one chance with somebody to train them and how to save them or their family. And so I'm going to take every opportunity while I'm doing that to make sure they are the most prepared so that they are safe. And that literally is why I'm here on the planet is to do that.
0: Beautiful. And if you can uh, share, you mentioned most I women, I can't speak for all women, but I can speak for myself. Innately, we have a little bit more, um, I don't know, alertness around mm-hmm. male, male, the opposites, biological sex versus mm-hmm. uh, female. However, in human trafficking, there's the groomers, and mm-hmm. sometimes there's even children that are put out there to entice. Can right. you uh, shine a little light on that so people can also be aware of that? Um, because I think it's a topic that's not completely talked about, and it might be a little okay. confusing to people. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and it's also it's really hard because we don't live in a dynamic anywhere where just everybody is friendly to be a friend. Okay, And so I think some people get confused with uh, because somebody is coming up and talking to me and doesn't have a gun in my face or a knife or something like that. And is talking to me very friendly that I'm just going to align with that and give them all the information that they actually may take and use against me later by trying to come and find me or if I'm with my daughter. And so the best way that I can uh, explain it or support, because this goes with anybody when I train in the class. When you talk to somebody, whoever it is, if they're not your family and you're not intimately familiar with them and they're not your close family and friends, they are a stranger. If they are a friend of a friend, they are a stranger because you do not know how they're going to react in any given situation. You intimately know your family. You probably, to a degree, intimately know your extended family. But past that, as we start going out in our circle those are not family and, and they're friends of friends. So we don't actually know how they would respond. Also keeping in mind that sometimes it happens within our family. So I, I digress. So just imagine if you will, I'm trying to create a boundary of safety because that is necessary. when you're talking about human trafficking, you're actually talking about people you encounter outside, outside of your family and outside on the planet. Okay. So if you can't physically drop, somebody, anybody, man or woman that's standing right next to you, if they lose their ever loving mind, or if they try and take you somewhere, then you've got to create distance and space. You absolutely have to, if you don't know that you can absolutely drop them, you've got to create that space. And that space needs to be priority because that safe, that space is your safety. Mm -hmm. And so I think the confusion comes from all these new tactics that the traffickers are using. And sometimes it may just be having a conversation. Maybe sometimes it's lurking close. Maybe sometimes it's putting something on your car. So your awareness as an individual on the planet has to be different. We we no longer can just walk aloof. We actually have to be dedicated when we go from point A to point B. And, you know, 99% of the women that come and train with me, they just want to go safely from point A to point B. And so what's the best way to do that? It's being aware of everybody, man or woman. There, there, there is a certain mold, but also there is not because everything changes and everybody changes their tactics, okay? And so you just have to be intimately attuned with your intuition, your boundary, your space and who you're allowing into that space. I know that we can't navigate the planet by you know seven feet here and seven feet there. I know we can't do that. But also, you cannot afford to literally stand next to person after person after person in a very aloof manner, because every time you do that, you're literally what? So are you going to be the one? No, you're safe. OK, cool. Are you going to be the one? And so you're literally taking those chances and you just have to know that. So you have to be prepared, not paranoid. And everybody has the potential especially where human trafficking is concerned, because you're right. They do use kids. They do use women. They use men. They have all these different tactics. The reality is you can only control you. And the best way to do that is to be the most prepared and to know what to look for and to have a plan. And, and you do have to walk the planet that way because we as women are more susceptible. That is just the reality. We do have to walk the planet differently, um, but we also have to be more prepared now than we ever have been just because of what's presenting itself
0: yeah absolutely and can you share for you know back in the day uh Mm -hmm. well i don't know about you but i was able to run free (laughs) oh my god (laughs) me too yes (laughs) yes although i though i encountered some dangerous moments where i felt like a hero escaping from them but right um, clearly this day and age we the kids are a little bit more monitored Um, But I still see, so can you share a little bit for parents, Uh, you shared some about you and your daughter, but Mm -hmm. what are some best practices just as far as around the neighborhood, um, you know, in fun places like amusement parks, stuff like that, uh, that may seem safe that they can maybe adopt after listening to this segment?
1: Yeah, so I I will just share what I do and what I do may not work for everybody, but just you know, please know it comes from the best place possible. And I've spent 18 years prior in law enforcement and 20 years training women. And my whole goal is to make everyone safe on the planet. So the things I implement are based on my, that totality of experience and why I'm here. And it may or may not work for you, but like, if you talk about when whenever I go out with my daughter, she's never not by my side. Like I am that mom, like I go on those rides. I'm on the rides with her. I am everywhere she goes. Yeah. She doesn't go to the bathroom by herself. She doesn't go get drinks by herself. I have line of sight. I mean, I'm literally, you know, I am her last piece of protection should anybody decide to lose their ever loving mind. If they lose their ever-loving mind on me, I'll handle that. She is not at the space to be able to handle that because she's 10. And so she doesn't have the same capabilities. So it's on me. And so I have to recognize that at any point, the more she wanders and the more I let her go, man, I really better trust that environment. And I better know that environment really well, because then that's that's what I'm risking is somebody losing their ever-loving mind and taking her and me trying to play catch up on that. Now, do I balance that with... For needing to be an individual young woman that's going to grow up and be empowered and not helicoptering over her. <laughs> I recognize all of that. Yeah. And what I will tell you is it's a fine balance. And to the best of my ability, wherever we go, I make sure she is by my side. If I don't know the full entirety of the environment, I make sure she's in line of sight. I make sure she understands the rules that are going to help keep her safe and she knows that I am there to protect her. And so we just, we talk about it. So it's open conversations, it's communications. It's just, you know, telling her the whys of things so that she understands. And then if something happens and maybe she adjusts it, and we're in the store and target and she decides to go to an, uh, another uh, aisle and doesn't see me. And, and that's not the plan. And then I go back over. I'm like, baby girl, you remember the plan? I'm like, I love you, but you know, we got to do it this way. And so you know, there's a lot of support, a lot of talking, and she understands, but that's because it's what I do. And it's what I do all the time. And so she goes to the classes, she understands the why, and it actually empowers her. So for all those reasons, that is what I do, and how I do it, whether that works or aligns with everybody, I don't know. I'll just say so far, so good. Thank God. And I will keep doing it. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I hear you. Yeah. Well, I think you speak for all of us that have had defeats and so we tend to helicopter a little bit more yeah, um, even yeah, though it, yeah. <laughs> it might be a little harsh for them reality yes yeah. better they're educated sooner than later yeah and then can you spring forward into our young adults our college mm-hmm. age students uh where this is typically a little bit of a hedonistic time uh mm-hmm. wanting to have freedom and then there's substances involved Yeah. Uh, Can you share a little bit about how, especially now with, um, gosh, it seems like it's better just to be sober with Mm -hmm. all the like lacing of things, being an officer, I'm sure you have many stories, but can you share a little bit how they can be wise and smart and maybe better ways to like get that wild out? (laughs) I
1: mean, I can, I'm going to tell you what, like, That, like, takes me back to when I should have listened to my mom and all the things she said, and I was like, you don't even know what you're talking about, but I digress, (laughs) you know, so I get it, Um, you know, you're on your own, you want to feel freedom, you want to do all the things, and the recognition that some of those fun things do not put you in the safest position. And, you know, so for the parents that have daughters that are going to school and and actually from an outside physical skill, self-defense perspective, it is one of the busiest times that I go through in the year is, you know, parents are like, oh, my gosh, my daughter is getting ready to go to school. I need to get her a self-defense class. I mean, what a horrible thing to even have to think. And that's the world that we live in. And so what I would tell those parents is, you know, absolutely get her trained in self-defense look at my stuff if you so feel called, because that is why I'm here on the planet. I do stuff online to empower them on the inside. I can give them tools and I can talk to them and be that platform for them also to, you know, we were them, right? And so we survived, thank God, but there were things that happened that were not in our best interest that equal defeat, that we pray they never walk through. And so just having those open, honest, delicate, vulnerable conversations to provide learning for them. And maybe it shifts them a little bit and maybe it talks them out of maybe having the drinks that put them into a position where they're not making the best decisions or they're more vulnerable and and all of those types of things. So, you know, yes, get your daughters trained, train them, empower them on the inside, give them the knowledge, uh, train them on the outside and, you know, don't create it just with your daughter, create it with those that are connected to your daughter so that it, it's not just her on her own, but it like starts to reverberate. That's why, you know, going to campuses and training the girls on the campuses, at the sororities, in the dorms, all of those things is a very popular time to do that for me, because it's new to them. And, and sometimes when it's new to you, you get caught up in the excitement and you're like, nah, forget about it. And then the forget about it turns into a really bad thing. And so at all costs, just start providing that knowledge, start having those conversations and absolutely get them trained in something and get them a tool um, that they can take with them. Absolutely.
0: Uh-huh. And then can you speak a little bit to, I guess everyone now, because we have the social media thing, um, how to create a safe presence. Cause it is social media and the internet's a tool. Like a, mm-hmm. my friend calls it a search and discovery tool. However, there are right. a lot of predators there. If mm-hmm. you can, um, From your wisdom and knowledge and expertise, share a little bit of how to stay safe in that from our kids to young adults, all the way even seniors.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's hard. It's hard to vet people online that you think are supposed to have your best. You know, everybody's not going to show up as us. You know, we show up as trusting, everyone's going to be right, everyone's going to treat us accordingly, and then all of a sudden everything goes tragically sideways. So, you know, to the best of your ability, you have to pay attention and vet the people that you're talking to whether that's looking at their social media seeing if it makes sense seeing if it's a brand new account that was just recently created someone that hit you up out of the blue the type of terms that they're talking to you about are they trying to take the conversation from a friendly to a sexual nature are they trying to find out where you live are they trying to meet you somewhere who are they connected to and start paying attention just investigate for yourself that it's going to be a safe place because just because they're online you literally have to act like they're the person that's standing right here that's going to lose their ever-loving mind and are you going to be able to protect yourself so you've got to create that space and that boundary and so you have to have your due diligence because then what you're doing is you're just opening up that boundary for that evil to potentially come in and we have to have a boundary in person and online and so what that looks like is taking a look at who they are before you even talk to them. If even if they initiate the contact, them initiating contact in a direct message is like a knock at the door. I don't have to answer it. I don't know you. I'm not planning on anyone being here. Delete. Okay. Or I can look out the people, which means look at them on their social media. I can figure out who they are, how they're dressed, why they're standing there. Is there a car nearby? These are the places I go. But online, Who are they connected to? How are they talking to other people? What other social media do they have? And I can start vetting who I want to align with and who I want to communicate with. And if it's somebody that I see is doing offensive things, it doesn't make sense. It feels off. It's a brand new account. I can't vet anything. I'm sorry, but you just don't exist in my world because I don't need those problems because I know what that leads to. That leads to not safety for me. And so you have to do that due diligence to make yourself safer and that's for anybody that's for you know my daughter who's 10 that randomly happens onto something on the kids youtube to you know grandparents that are 60 70 and 80 years old we are all susceptible to it just look at all of the fraud and all the things that happen online all the time
0: yeah it's like the wild wild west
1: (laughs) i'm telling you like (laughs) it is you have to be diligent and and precious with yourself for who comes into your space and who you allow into your space. That is the world that we live in. Would it be great to be friends with everybody on the planet and Kumbaya and everybody? Yeah, it would. But the reality is that isn't the world that we live in yet. Can we create it? Absolutely. Let's train a million women that trains 5 million more, (laughs) that trains 10 million more. Let's do that. But until then we have the responsibility of being precious with ourselves. And so we, you know, that is a self worth perspective that maybe you know, parents start to instill in their kiddos. Like it's about you, baby girl. And and nobody gets to talk to you or demean you or get in your presence Mm -hmm. unless you deem them familial, unless you deem them and open that space. Otherwise they don't get to exist there unless you vet it. And that is the safety perspective you have to come from. That is your boundary online or in person.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. And can you, um, share from the perspective of where we've gone wrong. Like, you know, human trafficking, sex trafficking is like a horror that, you know, will drain the blood from anyone's being if they know about a little bit about it. Um, And when you say someone might lose their ever loving mind, you know, it used to be Mm -hmm. in tribal situations where we, if someone's mind wasn't right, everything stopped. Until mm-hmm. that person was right. And um, you know, there's probably checks and balances I know in law enforcement and different public services, because you that's not gonna end well. Mm-hmm. Uh in your opinion, and where where did it go wrong and where do we need to go to make it right?
1: Oh, that's such a large I know question, but with you know, such a large, just tender topic. And it, you know. I can't really pinpoint where we went wrong. It's just, there are so many facets to what's happening that, you know, it is a understanding that there's so many pieces that go into this equation that, you know, at any point could be considered wrong. But the reality is, You have so many points to tackle. You have the points to tackle about educating so that it doesn't happen. You have points to tackle that people that are doing it that are not fully held accountable, that just get let out, that keep doing it. Um, There's the other points where the support for the young girls and the women that are exposed to it And getting them the full support that they need so that they are not stuck in it, don't stay in it, don't go back to it because that's what they feel they have. So I'm just telling you on such a wide scale, there's so many pieces that go into this entire equation. And so in my totality of experience, this is what I know. We can only control ourselves and it is how I raise my daughter. I can, she can only have the empowerment within herself to make the decisions with the information that I provide and all the information she's given. And it's my job to guide her there. Evil will never stop. And it doesn't matter what somebody else does or decides or rules on for me. It matters how I respond and show up on the planet, because if I in command of myself and in my voice and in my empowerment can stop it, it, It does start with me. And so I have to recognize it, have to prepare myself. Well, does that mean everybody wants a lifelong of preparing themselves for not being human traffic? No, but does it help if they do prepare themselves in just the many pieces and micro implementations that they can makes all the difference in the world. But the reality is, no matter what the situation is, it starts with me. It is my job to recognize, put myself in the safe space, not make the wrong decisions and anything that comes at me, be able to stop it. Okay. And so- Does it matter what, you know, some law enforcement officer did over here? No, it matters how I respond. Does it matter the support that was given or not given? Nope, it matters how I respond. I show up, I go throughout my day, I make those decisions, and I make them the the safest, regardless of what anybody brings to me. And so it it does start with me. I guess, from my perspective, that's the best way to handle it.
0: Well, and within that, can you share, because you've also used, you know, evil knocks, you know, like, um, can you share a story where when you vanquish that, that command, that power towards that energy where you've seen, um, I don't know, a miracle or a shift even within the perpetrator? Maybe it's not something that's known in the immediacy, but maybe it's something that, you know, discovered later on. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I can share a couple. I mean, you know, with law enforcement in particular, the way that you command your presence alone can dictate how the scenario goes sometimes is it all the time no but i can tell you there were situations where when i showed up and i showed up in my command and i showed up in my wherewithal all squared away i was not messed with the conversation was respectful because that's what i brought i brought my command i brought my respect i brought my problem solving and it was solved did that happen all the time no but i know that there were situations when i showed up in my full command And in that way, and in that power of myself, and and in that problem solving, I was able to solve the problem. In my personal life, when I got to a point, uh, after, you know, changing the way I train women, because it came from a lack of leadership within myself. When I built that lack of leadership in my life, I was able to take accountability for the things I wasn't doing correct, the decisions that I was making, the positions I was putting myself in so that I could save everyone else on the planet, but not save myself and remain in horrible relationship after relationship after relationship. And when I got that command, I recognized what was coming at me. I addressed it, I stopped it, I moved on. I made all the decisions I needed so that I didn't have to stay in the bad place where before just kept kicking me down and put me in a position where I could save everyone else but myself, right? And so it had to come from the inside first. So on both of those levels, when I showed up for myself, when I showed up in that leadership and my voice and in my command of myself, the situation that presented itself changed because of me.
0: Yeah, oh, well said, I'm proud of you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm so proud thank of you. you. Um, so if you can share with the listeners about your program, training, goal mm-hmm. of training a million women, where are you at with that, what they could expect and how, or, you know, where you're going to be traveling around so we can intercept you.
1: Yes, uh, a great question. And thank you for for letting me share that piece. So what started out last summer as like, we'll just call it like a concert tour, but kick ass concert tour for women for self defense is basically what it turned into. And so last summer I was traveling from city to city. My TikToks kind of blew up and everyone's like, I need you here. I need you here. And I need you here. And I was like, I need more of me. So (laughs) what I I do now is I do provide outside physical training for a two-hour self-defense class. But I also train women that are interested in becoming trainers Mm -hmm. that maybe have walked through the same sort of safety defeats that are like, Yeah, I don't want that to happen to anyone I know again either. And I will train them. Then they go take that training into their community or I dispatch them to where everybody needs it. So now I have trainers across the country that teach my curriculum. And so anybody that's interested in not only learning a really badass, solid curriculum, because it is, it's vetted, like, you know, my guys won't even train with me anymore. When I get a new, you know, (laughs) or something, they're like, no, you know, because they just know. And so like, and, and so... The self-defense that I teach is different. It is not. It's not a martial art. It's not a fighting style. It is definitively how to break down the body, regardless of size or strength, because that's what we need as women, because we're not always the biggest. Sometimes we are, but we're not always the biggest. Mm -hmm. And so we have to recognize the violence of action that comes at us. We have to go over and above the violence of action, but we have to know how to break down the body so we don't have to rely on size and strength. And so that knowledge is power. And we get real definitive in a two hour class that, is going to help you go safely from point A to point B. So, so how does that work now? Well, I'm here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, right? So anybody local gets the benefit of me doing local classes. But also, because women have reached out on TikTok primarily and is like, we want you here and we want you here, I now schedule cities and go and train in particular cities. So mm. you can reach out to me on social media and be like, I have a group come and see us. Cool, so we'll coordinate that and I'll come to you. But now I have trainers. So not only do I provide the two hour classes for anyone that wants to take a class, but I train women to train other women and they go in their community and they make the money from that because I do humbly, truly believe we all rise together. They have to pay me to get certified because that's my life's work, but then they're going to go and they're going to support themselves and support their community. And that's how it starts to reverberate around us. So the opportunity is across the country right now. And you can go to 1millionwomen.info website. It's like one, the number one, millionwomen.info website. And that'll talk a little bit about the training classes and becoming a trainer. And then there's links on there to reach out to me directly. You can go to TikTok and plug in my name, Gloria underscore Marcotte, and you can send me a DM. You could go to Facebook, any of those things. I have a private group on Facebook. Not everyone's on Facebook anymore, but a lot of people still are. And so I have a a group that I've grown uh, over the past year and a half to over 1400 Mm -hmm. women dedicated just for this. And Mm -hmm. so that is our private uh, area where I provide training. I provide information. And Mm -hmm. in essence, women that want to do the inside program and on the outside, because I have two houses, the inside safety training, which is my breakthrough my outside physical self-defense class, and I do both, and I so that is where I reside. And this year, I'm going to be doing four main events, uh, like in-person events, so women yeah. can train with me online, and then end it with an in-person self-defense. Oh, beautiful. Event. Yeah, so we we call it a retreat with a kick-ass twist. That's
0: <laughs> what. It is i like it a little bit of yoga
1: a little bit of yeah a little bit of yoga a little bit of mindset training a little bit of self-defense and then some secret squirrel kick ass by the time you leave you are moving (laughs) mountains inside and out that's what
0: i do oh awesome and then the online component you talked about in the beginning for the Mm -hmm. emotional stuff is available Mm -hmm. is a good place for people to start if they can't Uh, yeah
1: it's interesting because i've actually had women come and do both because mostly when women come and find me and they go the inside training is because they've reached a level of kind of broken, depressed, anxious at a point where they've been through trauma, don't know, and and are stuck to a degree in something that is keeping them that they just don't know how to get to the other side of. Mm -hmm. So that's my inside program, uh, the breakthrough program. So it's 90 days, I train them online and then we end it with the, the event. And then I've had women that are like, I want to be a part of your tribe and I want to be a trainer. Excellent. But my trainers also get the inside training because then we're all speaking the same language. And, uh-huh. and, and there's a reason why they're wanting the training as well typically, right? Is yeah. to empower the other women and to not feel the defeats that they have. That is what I teach in the inside program. So becoming a trainer is like the best of both worlds. You get everything. We speak the same language and then we all just go out and empower all young girls and women on the planet. That is the goal. And, and so those are two, both places that you can start. You can either start with the inside, you can start with the outside, but if you become a trainer, you actually get both.
0: Okay. Beautiful. And uh, from there, you're going to meet your million in no time. Uh, What, what is this revealing to you in this process? Like what's next?
1: The next steps. Well, what it's revealing is it is so needed. Um, man, especially with you know, where it started was kind of the Roe v. Wade stuff, and I don't mean to get political because that is not everybody, my thing. Like you I'm you very say open, but, want. <laughs> but that is where this primarily was generated because what I saw was the changes in people that didn't necessarily think that they could do bad things before, but now the Roe v. Wade empowering them to do more bad things, right? Against women. And so the protection of women really kind of elevated last year. And that's what drove this 1 million women movement. And so what's opened my eyes is, you know, you don't understand the breath until you like put it out there. And you have so many women are like, this is what we need. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is so much more needed than I ever recognized. Like I had my vision of what I thought but they solidified that vision with all of them raising their hands and being like, please come and help us. This is what we need. And just having those conversations and talking to everybody I can, because I am the one that responds to everything. Like I'm old school like that. If you, if you talk to me and you reach out to me, you're getting me because that's how we connect on the planet. Right. And, and I'm just old school that way. So if you want to talk to me, you're talking to me, we're doing the thing, like, let's go. And and like, here we are. Um, And so it opened up my eyes as to how much, it really was needed. Like I have my great ideas, like I hey, think this would be a great idea. And I think this is what women need. And then what it what I recognized was, oh my gosh, it's so much more than what I thought. And so the next steps are getting my trainer base because I need to build the support system to support the one million women trained. And I'm talking in person and online um, because there's such a value to empowering women with their voice, their command presence, just being a woman, a woman walking the planet. Because we do have to do it different. And so it's a big task, but I just need to build the support. And so those are the next steps, providing this next year with my online and in-person trainings to build my trainer base and to start dispatching them all over the planet. Who wants to go to Australia? Who wants to go to Hawaii? <laughs> Who wants to go to Texas? Do you know what I mean? Because those it's everywhere. It's the women raising their heads everywhere. And so I need to build the support of the women that can go and train them and get them what they need. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful,
0: I love your your police language. Dispatch, we're gonna dispatch
1: you. <laughs> that's it. Like uh, I need to dispatch you to your self defense thing that you need. So I'm gonna dispatch you there. Like yeah. who wants to go? And You know, like.
0: Well, and you had one video that brought me to tears when I think you were talking and asking how many people had um, been. I don't know the language used, but basically
1: assaulted had, and raped. Assaulted,
0: yes. yeah, and raped. Mm-hmm. And how many people stood up? Um, two things before we close out, can you share how uh, a woman or a man, but a woman can help another woman, um, by using their voice, meaning if they see something to not be afraid to like, at least speak up, um, start there and then I'll give you the second part. Yeah.
1: Um, you know your story of survival is somebody else's motivation to change what they're either gone through or are in. And so when I train the women online and also in person, it is such a supportive, fierce tribe community because in essence, it's like an academy, you know, and, and it's open enrollment. So there are women that come into the program that have experienced you know, different levels of trauma, just like we all have, we all bring our own experience and defeats in that way. And the whole goal is to empower one another. But when you come into something and you have someone ahead of you in recognition of how they've worked through when they share what they've walked through and how they've done it, man, that's an inspiration. But also when you have someone that comes in behind you and, and even if it's just a week or two and the whole goal is like, Oh, no, sis, like, I remember what that hell was looked like and what that looked like. And no, I got you and I pull you up. There is such a level of support and fierceness and love that goes along with that, which is where the connectivity and, and, uh, just the, just knowing that you're not alone. And, and so that is the biggest thing that the woman can do is not only use her voice to inspire others and her story of survival, but then to reach back and be like, no, 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 I got you. I remember that part. And that is what we do in the program.
0: Beautiful. And at what point do you see that we're at the tipping point, hopefully soon? Uh, Because it's been even through my own lifetime where it's like, Oh, you just shouldn't say anything. Like, you know, I had a defeat as a teen. Mm -hmm. I chose I chose to like, heal a certain way because I didn't want, I didn't think it would be respected in the judicial system. Uh, So I chose to not do anything, basically, except help myself, which is Mm -hmm. important. Can you share words of encouragement for people on how they can come forward sooner than later versus, you know, we've seen all these episodes of 20 years, 10 years, all these things where this needs to be more of an immediate call and response uh, in in the unfortunate situation as a defeat happens.
1: Yeah. So, you know, for the woman that is walking that path, that has to make those decisions, you know, just like you said, everybody has their own way of healing. And so being in support of what she needs at the time, because, you know, some women are not able to come through and use their voice in that way. And and having grace to understand like, okay, maybe that wasn't where you were at at the time, but when can we get there and being a support to help get her there and recognizing that the more we do use our voice, the more change we can create. But we also have to provide the tools to get the women there because you know that we're not trained in this in school. We actually just have to figure it out when we encounter it. And then we have to go search for it. They're not giving it to us as, This is what you need to do. This is what potentially could happen. This is how you prepare. And so, you know, even after going through the defeat, the onus is on us to kind of get out of that defeat. And and so that's a really tough position. And so what I will say is, I don't think there is a right or wrong way for anybody. I think their way is the way, but that providing a place that supports what it looks like and if it could, you know, lead to using their voice to help someone else amazing. If they can't get there, but providing the support of what heals them. Awesome. Because there's 8,000 different ways to be healed and to solve problems on the planet. My way is not the only way your way is not the only way. But if we were coming with the intention of love and healing and fierceness, so that never happens again, ah, that hits a little bit different. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Oh. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you are so amazing. I'm so proud of you. I'm like yeah, Kitty. <laughs> I can't wait to like experience all of your program. Uh, my daughter and I for sure. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I can't so, wait. Yeah, it's amazing. So we'll put all the links below of where you okay. are and how to contact. I really appreciate you being here.
1: No, um, I appreciate you. Thank you. You could have picked anyone on the planet and you plucked <laughs> down and picked me. I love it. I'm here for this. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, good old a TikTok for you picked, you know, that's, how I find these, I'm like, Oh, wow. And then if they resonate, I'm like, Oh yeah, we've got to like shine a light on this amazingness. So thank you yeah. for all you're doing in the world. And, um, you will be at 1 million in no time.
1: I'm I can't sorry. wait. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Yeah. Once again, I want to thank all of you for listening into this segment of be simply and special thanks to glow for being here today. She is ready to rock it, reach 1 million women. You can look her up on all the links below. It's Soul Punch Power Academy for women. Super excited. And we're going to sign out with little Kadri Scott Shine. May all of you listening in shine bright and hold your power. Until next time, this is Suzanne signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste.